0: Today on the show, we are trying to make a case for why you should consider cord cutting. Welcome to the Simple Money Solutions podcast where we focus on your money from a Canadian perspective. This podcast is produced weekly and released every Monday. Show notes for every episode can be found at livelifesimple.ca. Now let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, I'm your host Courtney and joined with me today is my co-host Trevor. As mentioned in the introduction, Today, we're talking about cord cutting, what it is, and the upsides and the downsides that come along with it. So Trevor, just before we launch into the very fine details of cord cutting, can you just enlighten our listeners and tell them what is cord cutting?
1: So cord cutting is really the concept of discontinuing your traditional cable or satellite TV service and switching to a internet-based streaming service like a Netflix or a Hulu or a show me or crave.
0: And I know this is a very prominent, not new, but relatively growing in size and significance of the people getting on board of cord cutting. So before we delve into the the what cord cutting is essentially and really the the upsides and the downsides of it I just want to lay the groundwork down for our listeners. So Trevor before we launch into the upsides and the downsides of cord cutting I just want to lay the groundwork and foundation out for our listeners so they kind of know really what we're what we're talking about the the aspects of traditional TV and then the aspects of online streaming services. So can you just lay that out for our listeners?
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. So, uh, so traditional TV is really, uh, as I mentioned in the def definition, it's, it's a, a service you subscribe through a provider like uh, Rogers, Shaw, Cogeco, Bell. And generally to get viewable programming, it's going to cost you somewhere north of $100 a month. And when I roll up in that number, I'm talking about your your set-top cable box, maybe a PVR, and something up from the basic channel selection, you know, some specialty show uh, programming, uh, sports channels, those kind of things. So you're going to be somewhere north of $100. I mean, they may advertise something less, but it, it's it's always going to be more by the time you add on all the extras. Uh, and traditional TV is what I call a broadcast model, meaning your show is going to be aired at a predetermined time, on a predetermined channel, and you have to be there to watch it at that time in front with that channel, otherwise you miss it. When we look back 20 years from now, we're going to say, why did we ever sign up for something like that? Just conceptually, it seems so uh, intrusive and so uh, intrusive on our, our personal schedules.
0: And even PVR sometimes don't quite cut it.
1: Well, I, I'm going to get to PVRs in a minute. Uh, how PVRs really make a case for cord cutting. Uh, so the online streaming service is really, I'll use Netflix as an example. You have a, a provider like Netflix. There's a catalog of shows you watch in, in a format I call on-demand where you watch it when you want and as much as you want. So it, there's, there's catalogs of seasons and seasons of TV shows. And this service generally goes for $10 a month or less. And the big, the big thing with the streaming service is, is you're saving money and you're saving time. Because you can watch this when you want on your schedule. And so I want to go back. So the PVR, if you think of a PVR, all you're really doing is building up a mini library that you would get from a streaming service. So people will PVR a show on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they'll watch them all on the weekend. Well, what have you done? You've built up a little wee library of your own, of a streaming service would provide.
0: That's really true. I've never thought of it like that. Okay, so I know I know in past Netflix has offered um, the URL uh, how should I call it? The when you can. I just want to talk about like how there's still an advantage of Canadian. So I know in the past, Trevor, there's been VPN service has been so popular, uh, offering Canadians and other countries the, the accessibility to American shows, which only
1: have. Wait, before you go on, I just want to define what a VPN service is for our listeners. Definitely. So a VPN service is really it stands for virtual private network, and what that does is it changes your internet IP address. So it looks like you're actually in a different country. And through that, you were able to watch uh, Netflix. I'll use Netflix as an example. Netflix shows that were only offered in other countries. So Netflix will, for instance, they'll buy the rights to uh, for a particular program, for a particular location. For, for instance, they might buy for, uh, there's a popular TV show called The Office. And Netflix had bought the rights to broadcast The Office in the United States only, not in Canada. If you had one of these VPN services, you could change or mask your IP address so you could access those shows. It it appeared as you, you you were viewing this from another country.
0: And as amazing as that is, I know the authorities are cracking down on this. So my question is, is it really worth it for Canadians and maybe other smaller countries who aren't in the United States, who don't have the, the access to these popular shows. Are, are, is a streaming service worth it?
1: Well, you know, it's really, uh, once you sever the ties with the traditional broadcast cable TV model, you, you begin to lose perspective of what you're missing. So if you're used to watching the latest show every Thursday at primetime, eight o'clock, once you sever that tie and you start watching shows, whatever is available on Netflix, whatever's on there will become entertaining, but you just have to, there's a transition period. It's going to take about a month of, of withdrawal symptoms to, 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 um, to, part, to break ties with traditional cable TV and the broadcast model. Up, up until that point, you're going to feel like you're missing out on something. But once you get past that, it, it's not easy. It's a, it's a, tough transition I I went through it it's worth it
0: yeah you sound like a cocaine addict there but (laughs) no I'm agreeing I'm in agreement with you and I think that is that's the biggest part is 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 finding the new normal and uh, and it's possible too and so can you delve into what kind of shows I mean we've been focusing on Netflix but what other what other alternatives are out there for people who do want to cut their cable and what kind of shows can they watch on those platforms
1: well so I want to just reiterate that you're going to save somewhere north of a hundred dollars a month by doing this so it's anything that's you're going to save money it's going to you're going to have to go find your content it's not going to be just uh, spewed out to you like a, like a traditional tv so you have to adopt a mindset that it's not going to be all in one place Get okay, that so let, let's just break it down into types of content so you've got tv shows movies news sports and specialty channels That's how I break it down. And some of the alternatives to broadcast TV would be Netflix, Show Me, which is S-H-O-M-I, Show Me. And that's uh, Roger's streaming service. Crave TV, that's Bell's streaming service. Crackle is another service another option is itunes that can be expensive from a tv perspective tv show but i i do rent movies off itunes and also there's uh you can stream shows off websites like cbc.ca and ctv.ca so these these are these choices are um also don't lose sight of what's what's out on um, youtube i mean if again you have to go get this stuff it's not going to just be delivered to you so it 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 takes effort for instance netflix You have to find that TV show, you have to seek it out, you have to, you know, read reviews.
0: And on that note, I really do think there was a, there's a quote that I did read from uh, one of the articles we're going to touch on in a minute, but um, it said that cable provider companies are saying that there was a 0.1% decline in revenue last year. So this equates to the fact that these, like you said, Show Me and Rogers, these cable companies realize that they have to find alternative ways to meet their bottom line. So I think by demand and by these companies needing to meet their bottom bottom line, they are going to unroll better and better and better services for, for providers. Yeah,
1: yeah, the content is getting better and more current uh, as time goes on. I think we're in a transition period. Baby boomers are still, they're not, they're for the most part not adopting to streaming services. They're still clinging to their traditional broadcast models through cable services. And millennials, they're refusing to sign up for cable. So these TV shows, they have to come out in both streaming services and broad, uh, traditional TV in order to capture all segments of the population.
0: So that's definitely an expensive endeavor for the the cable co- or the c- cable company providers. So I'm sure as soon as as soon as more people get on board with uh, cord cutting, there will be more resources to promote to like devote to um, these online services.
1: Yeah. no I'm going to my parents are baby boomers, and they're what I call high end TV consumers. They consume it and a lot of. Uh, TV they do it through traditional cable TV services the PVR shows they do have a streaming service Netflix and they they're, they're ahead of the curve as far as boomers go they prefer the streaming services just the convenience of it I, I can't stress the time I have added back to my life uh I, I probably watch more TV than I did before I watch more TV since I cut the cord but I, I spend less time watching it and I say that in that I used to want to watch my favorite show at 8 o'clock on Thursday night well I didn't want to miss it so I'd actually go down and sit in front of that TV at 730 and then when my favorite show is over at 830 I continue watching the next show just because I was sitting on the couch even though even if it wasn't my favorite show so now on a, from a Netflix or a streaming service I s- sit down at my convenience and watch episode after episode after episode of my favorite show and then I move on to another show so the, the, the amount of content I can consume in, in the same hours or less is mind-boggling.
0: It's more efficient and more concentrated of what you want. And I think that's what viewers are looking for.
1: And the final frontier on cable cutting, I think, is going to be sports. The problem with sports is sports, it can't be on demand. It has to be live. Unless you're a sports fan, you won't understand that. But nobody wants to watch a game when they already know the final score. Streaming services don't work. You you need... Um, Uh, and there is services available. So if you're a hockey fan, and most of us Canadians are, there's NHL Game Center, and it's $180. That's for the whole season, and you can watch every game there's a lot of content there for 180 bucks and if you if you divide that by 12 i mean that's not very much a month well yeah. you actually have to divide it by less than that because the hockey season is 12 months long but it's still if you work that out to a monthly number it's not huge uh the nfl that's national football league they uh offer online streaming major league baseball nba that's national basketball association they they all offer uh online streaming of their their content and uh just recently Rogers sports net has offered their service for $24.99 a month. And that gives you access to most of their channels, most of their content. And I think it's a, for what you get, that if you're a sports fan, there's a lot there. It's, it's. I think it's a really good deal. They're also offering promotion right now for $14.99 for students. So you need to provide a college or university proof that you're enrolled in one of those, in, in a official college or university to get that price. But there's a lot of sports content there. And the other one I want to touch on was news. I mentioned I mentioned, you know, T V shows, movies, news and sports, especially the channels. Where they're really the, the basic forms of content. So the news I watch the news every morning. I watch the nightly news first thing in the morning. Not much has changed from 11 o'clock at night till 7 o'clock in the morning because it's convenient for me. I watch The National, at CBC, at 7 o'clock in the morning, and it's completely free. Just stream it off, cbc.ca. So I the only the only frontier that is is yet to be tapped into is these specialty channels. And when I talk specialty channels, I'm talking about Home and Garden Television or The Learning Channel or A&E, Those one, or Discovery. Those ones, I have not seen... Full-blown, all the content that's on t- on their TV programming available online do they get a move to online soon they have to they all have to eventually well this Roger Sportsnet they've they've so in Canada there's two sport sports networks there's Roger Sportsnet and, and TSN and so Roger Sportsnet has, has laid down the challenge for TSN they have to step up they're going to lose so many millennial age group viewers if they don't step up and offer their service online so I think these these specialty channels like HGTV they're going to lose a whole generation if they don't get on uh, their content on, onto some form of streaming service.
0: So Trevor, before we get into the analysis and breakdown of cord cutting, I just want you to enlighten our listeners with your personal experience of cord cutting because I know you are an experienced cord cutter yourself.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm your typical, uh, you know, mother, father, dog, three kids. And uh, I would say it would be the early 2000s, maybe 2003, maybe 2004. So this was the frontier of cord cutting. And I, we were spending, even back then, somewhere north of $100 a month, and we decided we were spending way too much time in front of the TV, for one, and, and two, the, the cost. Every time I sat down, there didn't seem to be anything I really wanted to watch, but yet I was forking out $100 a month. So we decided, you know what, we're gonna give this cord cutting a shot. So what we did is we, we didn't cancel our subscription, but we disconnected the cable from the back of the TV. And we sat the kids, the three kids down and said, here's what we're gonna do. You know, we're going to stop cable TV and we'll have a family meeting once a week to see how everyone's coping. And we signed up for Netflix and I may, you know, I showed all the kids where they could get other content on websites. And we met once a week and for the most part, everyone was coping well. Uh, we, we did watch less TV, we spent less screen time, we did more family things, and uh, they, we were gonna do it for three months, and after two months, we actually called the cable company and, and ended our service. So it, the transition was, for my part, I was motivated in that I didn't want my kids to spend as much time in front of the TV, so I felt I was doing it more for my children than for myself, but the benefit I got was, was huge. I, I couldn't believe how much time I added to my schedule.
0: So it's interesting that you brought your kids into this so young. Do they have any, and your wife as well, do they have any initial initial hesitations about it?
1: Yeah, no, it sounded pretty extreme to them. I mean, all their friends had cable TV and they'd go to school and their friends would talk about the TV shows they'd watched and of course they felt maybe uh, they, they couldn't participate in those conversations. There was a transition but you know I talked to other parents and they I, I know some other parents they jumped on board and they liked the idea. I don't know if they actually stuck with it but I i, I think it was probably uh, a little extreme for the time. It's obviously now it's, it's more common but I probably looking back and maybe I I probably jumped on that bandwagon a little little early.
0: Did you have trouble? Because that was the early early days of Netflix and online streaming services. Did you ever have trouble finding finding content to watch?
1: Yeah, you know, the cataloging in Netflix was not that greatest back then. They, they a lot of the shows were really old or second rate. The movie selection was was really bad we ended up renting a lot of movies back then to fill the entertainment void but now i think it's a no-brainer but back then i probably did it a little prematurely
0: so you do you have a greater appreciation now for the, the netflix offerings and the online streaming offerings because you have seen it come so far
1: Oh, yeah. Well, now Netflix is offering shows that are only available on Netflix. One of my favorite shows is House of Cards, and it's it's a Netflix exclusive. And if you go into the Netflix catalog, there's a lot of Netflix Netflix exclusive content that you can only get there. In some respects, they're becoming bigger than the TV network.
0: And definitely. And I think that's why the TV networks are trying to keep up pace with Show Me and, and Other and Crave TV and try to keep up with Netflix. So Netflix definitely was the original online content provider.
1: I think what you're going to see is so Netflix is buying content from the the big networks, and I think you know ten years from now the roles are going to reverse. The networks are going to be buying content from Netflix.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I definitely see that happening. You um, know, so
1: you know, I remember when. This, is, this, is gonna, this sounds unrelated, but I'm going to connect the two. I remember w- wondering, you know, when Microsoft Windows first came to be in the 1990s, and I thought, no one's ever going to uh, become bigger than Microsoft. And as it turned out, mobile operating systems have become far more, they're more dominant in the computer world, than than Microsoft Windows desktop, so iOS and Android are, are bigger than Microsoft Windows. So uh, way back when Microsoft Windows came out, I thought nothing's ever going to take this down. This this operating system will be king forever. And it it turned it, technology changing is what what is is made Microsoft Windows desktop less dominant. And so I, I used to think you know what could ever take down the TV networks? You know, no one will ever get bigger than them. But it turns out technology is is what has assisted them I and mean, the so Netflix is going to become bigger than the TV networks because of technology changing.
0: And the changing demands as well of the individuals using that technology. People want things on demand. They want them right now.
1: And that's a generational shift. That's And, you know, a lot of people complain about millennials feeling entitled and how they're not uh, falling in line and following the generation before them. But it's it's that millennial mindset that they demand convenience, like they demand technology work for them. And this is just another example. And we can thank the millennial generation for the streaming services growing at the rate they have.
0: Oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, Before we jump into the analysis and the breakdown of the cord cutting, I do want to put in my My experience with cord cutting as well um, as a a younger uh, working professional student, just kind of a different take on it as well. But um, I've never actually watched a lot of TV or movies, just kind of passively watching when it's on. And I've never really had it myself. And even now as a student, I don't have it. And I do have a Netflix subscription. And I think that's really sufficient. It really simplifies your life. It's obviously very, it's a simple money solution, even regardless of your age. Cutting cable is always a simple money solution. Oh, definitely. And it, it really also allows—I mean, there's a lot of reading to do as a student. It really allows you to focus your time, energy, and mind on other. Not that watching TV is not a a good relaxing activity, but you kind of—I spend more time doing just uh, relax, like just reading, it was just not for school, but just reading. So I definitely spend my efforts, um, and my energy, and exercising on different different things that aren't watching TV. Yeah, so it's definitely—I think it's it's a good idea. If, I think regardless of your age. I mean, who wouldn't want to spend $10 a month as opposed to, again, north of $100.
1: From a money standpoint, it's no-brainer, but I think people need to understand the time savings is huge.
0: Oh, for sure. And I, I think right now with the, the Netflix banded watching craze, I don't, think, I don't think people connect the two. But you are right. You make a really good point, mm-hmm. Trevor.
1: But, and people will say, oh, when I say the time savings, they say, oh, I just PVR everything. But think about what you're doing. You're just creating a mini on-demand library of your it, own
0: like a netflix but yeah, you're yeah. on your own by yourself
1: but it requires the, you to program it and 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 monitor it and you still end up with commercials and whatnot in that and yeah i know you can fast forward to them but i mean at the end of the day if you are a big fan of PVR and tv shows then you really are a fan of on-demand streaming services
0: that's a phenomenal point point, and i think that is a point that a lot of our listeners can take away they can take away after listening to this episode how do i really use tv and reevaluate how they're currently watching it and on that point, too, I mean, who wants to, who likes running to their TV to PVR something and, and hoping they don't miss it? It's the same kind of thing. Like, you used to sit down at 7.30 so you'd miss your show. It's the same kind of idea.
1: Back to the PVR thing, what I found, I know people I work with, they, they use a PVR a lot, and they're always in fear of the spoiler. And the spoiler is somebody telling them, oh, did you watch our show last night? Did you? Could you, be, could you believe what happened? And they're going to spoil what happened in the episode. So the PVR, those, those people... The the longer they they wait to watch it, the more chances there are someone's going to spoil uh, what happened in the episode. Whereas with this st- on demand streaming service, I'm seeking people out saying, "Can you recommend a TV show to me?" So it only be- it almost becomes a a cult like environment.
0: Oh for sure, because and then because it is post dated all the shows, no one's gonna ruin it for you. They're just gonna recommend something for you.
1: Exactly. And there's so much content. Nobody just watches one episode. You know, you probably sit down and watch three episodes at a time. Well nobody's gonna have the time to spoil all three episodes. No, no. (laughs) it would be one long conversation.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So so now we're gonna get into the analysis and breakdown of cord cutting. So for the purpose of just the breakdown analysis, uh we've picked two articles today to really focus on. One is called Cord Cutting in Canada Isn't Hurting Cable Companies' Bottom Lines Too Badly. It was posted in the Huffington Post Canada of this year by an individual named Jesse Ferreras. And the other card- article is called Number of Cord Cutters in Canada Sores by Sophia Harris, posted in April 2016 on CBC. So these articles are both very relevant, very new, and very applicable to what we're talking about today. So, Trevor, Can you, what is the main driver behind cord cutting? I know we've talked about a few already, but is there any, can you kind of boil it down to any specific reasons that would be the driver behind cord cutting?
1: Well, I know we've mentioned this earlier, but it's, it's saving money. It's saving time. It is content driven. So You're saving money. Obviously, we talked about it. Cable, traditional cable somewhere north of $100 a month and uh, streaming services can be had for about $10 a month. But I just want to preface with that is if you have a streaming service, you're going to have to upgrade your internet package. So internet packages, they have two factors that Built in them. One is speed at which your internet traffic moves and the volume, which is called bandwidth. So you're going to need an internet package that provides a faster speed and a, a higher volume or bandwidth allowance. So you will save the $100 on cable, but you will pay a little bit more for your internet package. And then I know people will say, well, I bundle my internet with my television service so you're going to pay a little bit more for your net service on top of that so i don't want to mislead people say you're going to save a hundred dollars right off your bottom line you're going to add some cost back going to a streaming service that is above and beyond the cost of the streaming service itself so i don't want to lose sight of that and i don't want to mislead people so the time the time savings is going to be in the efficiency of which you can consume content and this is where you i'll say you watch tv intentionally meaning you go to your t- your apple tv your roku or your your tablet you 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 pick out a specific show and you watch it rather than sitting in front of your tv and and letting whatever is on it uh spew out at you so it's intentional viewing and you watch it's generally commercial free and you tend to get i i say more satisfaction out of your viewing time and then there's the convenience of you can do it to fit your schedule. So if you are busy running your kids through activities until nine o'clock at night, you can you can begin your TV viewing at nine thirty or ten o'clock, whatever fits your schedule. If 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 you work shift work uh, and you're not home at eight o'clock on a Thursday night, you could watch it at eleven o'clock Friday morning. So it, it's it's the flexibility uh, for you to watch it when you want as much as you want.
0: And on that point, it's about time that. Viewing, viewing things really moved out of the broadcast model. I mean, look at, look at everything else that's moved out of the broadcast model. You have newspapers, news even. Now it's really interactive with social media and online sources. So it's about time that viewing programs really caught up itself.
1: Well, I've seen an advertisement for my local cable providers, Kojiko, and I've seen an advertisement come in the mail that they have now, uh, through cable TV services, they have on-demand shows. So they're actually uh, jumping on on board. They're, They're trying to probably convert the baby boomers into consuming on demand and I got to think running these two models like so Rogers is a good example they provide cable TV and a streaming service called Show Me I got to think running those two models is, is expensive and in a perfect world they just have one or the other but they have two demographics are trying to serve, the baby boomers at one extreme and the millennials at the other, uh, I, I think they're, they're as anxious a, as we are for everyone to you know, drop traditional cable and pick up streaming services.
0: But on that note too, I think that Kojiko and any, uh, any traditional cable provider is really smart to kind of morph into the online streaming service or on-demand streaming service because people are comfortable, like that generation is comfortable with Rogers, they know Kojiko, and it's better than say Netflix. Like, what is Netflix? I mean, I maybe some older generations, yeah. they maybe may not be a with Netflix, but yet they know Kojiko, they trust Kojiko. Yeah,
1: no, they definitely. There's some some comfort in in having uh, something they're familiar with. I I want to say that one thing that keeps price low for consumers is alternatives. And right now we have two alternatives, traditional cable and uh, streaming services. Rogers Communications, they are going to make their money one way or another. They're not just going to give up. And so is Bell. So when, when they finally discontinue uh, traditional cable TV, I know they're laying fiber network, fiber lines in the town I live in, And I know the new subdivision, Fiber Internet Services, is very popular. And I think what you're going to see is they're going to charge a huge premium for those fiber networks. And I know... uh 4k tv is a new thing that's the highest uh, resolution content you can get for video the new apple tv actually uh, supports 4k and those kind of people are going to want that high quality uh, streaming signal through fiber networks and we're going to end up paying a premium for that so what even when cable has gone and dead there's going to be a more expensive alternative that that these cable these uh, communication companies bell rogers that are going to be providing us they're going to make their money one way or another
0: oh for sure they're they're not fading out and i think again we've kind of touched on this before i think that was the issue is just like and i think that was the issue too in the past it's we know that rogers these large communication companies they're not going down just because cable tv is going down so we talked about the benefits and the downsides of cord cutting but let's look at it and overview in reality how big of a phenomena is cord cutting really
1: well, in the article that, that we're using to sort of support this episode, the number of cable subscriptions fell by 157,922,000 last year alone.
0: That is a phenomenal number.
1: That is a big number, yeah.
0: Wow. And the wow. pace
1: of cord cutting almost doubled in 2015, bringing the number of cable-free homes to about 3.76 million. Over a quarter of a million Canadian households.
0: That that just kind of puts everything into perspective.
1: And I believe the millennials are leading the charge on this, and the boomers are the ones who are, are holding on.
0: Oh, for sure. Like when you when you read those when you listen to those numbers, that's that really says it all. Oh yeah, yeah. Did it? It must have not felt this way then. When you did you feel like alone in this when you were first cutting your cable, Trevor?
1: Oh no, we were freaks. When we, did, we were absolute <laughs> freaks people when, when i told people you know people that were gonna say oh did you see the, the, whatever show last night and i says you know i don't have tv and the, there would just be silence like weird stares and they'd say uh you know i'm sure they thought Oh, did you run out of money or are you on tough times so yeah
0: it, it, like and but now you read these numbers and it's it's it, if you said you don't have cable it's like smart thinking like good choice yeah. how do i get on board Um, so continuing on, in Sophia Harris' article, one quote in it says that cable is just one of those things that's phasing out. The article even then goes on to compare cable to dial-up internet. Do you think, do you think this is a good comparison, um, cable to dial-up internet? And do you think, uh, so moving on, in Sophia Harris' article, uh, there is a quote in there that says cable is just one of those things that are phasing out. And the article then even goes on to compare cable to dial-up internet. Do you think this is a good comparison and do you think cable will ever truly die out and non like non exist?
1: The cost of maintaining both infrastructures. Think it has to die out. It just doesn't make financial sense to to have to provide both services. I mean that the cable line that comes to my house provides both cable TV and internet. Somewhere behind the scenes there's an infrastructure supporting cable TV that's different than supporting internet that comes into my house. So I think it just doesn't make financial sense to have cable continue forever. It's just a matter of time. If you look at the reality of it, 13,000 Canadians cut the cord in 2013, according to the Sophia Harris's CBC article. A consulting group states that 190,000 Canadians ended ties with traditional TV in 2015, an 80% increase, that's an 80% increase from the previous year when 105,000 people cut the cord. According to Sophie Harris's CBC article, I mean those are big numbers. I, I don't get the connection to dial up, other than uh, that was just an advancement in technology, and, and so so maybe maybe there's a connection. So when I talked about um, these increased. F- fiber networks that are being brought into my town and i'm sure they're in the city already so dial up obviously you couldn't stream video on dial up internet it was just too slow so this fiber is just going to make viewing streaming video content that much better the quality will be better Uh, you won't get these buffering signals sometimes that you get when you're streaming tv shows i I think maybe the advancement of technology is going to just speed this transition up
0: oh for sure for sure. And why, why do you think Canadians are so quick to jump on board cord cutting?
1: Well, in part, it comes down to the issue of economics. So it's the cost, the cost of, of cable TV being forced to buy packages of channels that you're never going to watch. In Harris's article, it states that when it comes to making tough budget decisions, it appears Canadians are more inclined to cut their cable rather than their Internet service. And I think a lot of people look at their internet service as a utility like electricity or water because they use it for banking, they use it for educational purposes. So I think people are a little reluctant to, they, they don't, they're they are not as price sensitive to an increase in the cost of internet is like an increase in the cost of electricity. You're, you're just not going to go without it.
0: You just suck it up and take
1: it. So, So the article continues, so Canadians are combining their need for internet and their need for TV together to be financially savvy. As the price of cable packages climbs, the trade-off will make more and more sense.
0: Oh yeah, and you can't argue with that because really, you're just kind of you're co- combining. Something like TV watching was something that you already deem as a necessity, so it kind of makes sense.
1: There's a there's an article on uh, a website I read quite often. It's called Squawk Fox, and uh, it's by Carrie Taylor, and she has a, a very entertaining article there about her experience of breaking up with a cable company. And uh, you should give it a read. I'll leave a link for it in the show notes. But she talked about she talks about how she um she has a thing in there called a tv tracker and i thought that was a good idea so before she went through the exercise of cutting cable she actually documented uh the volume of tv she watched and when she watched it and the stations she watched and then reviewed that And says you know can i get the same entertainment somewhere else and then in the article talks about the the challenges of breaking up with a cable company they're relentless uh they kept calling her back these if you read this article the desperation of these cable companies to to hold on to subscribers is that article really paints a very clear picture.
0: So Trevor, before we wrap up this episode, do you have any final thoughts or takeaways for our listeners or any simple money solutions that our listeners can implement today?
1: Well, I think everyone should consider cutting the cord. Uh, there's a lot of money to be saved, uh, a lot of time to be saved. I, if you if you don't want to take that radical step of picking up the phone and, and doing something as bold as canceling your cable service, then why don't you just try reaching around the back of your TV, disconnecting the cable for a month, and see how it goes. I think you'll find you'll view content m- with more purpose, more intentionally. You're going to be more efficient. You're going to save time. You won't save money until you actually cancel your cable service. But you will know that it's not the scary world you think it is.
0: Great final thoughts, Trevor. And that is it for this episode. Thanks for listening. And please be sure to check out the show notes at livelifesimple.ta. Please give the show a rating on iTunes. And don't forget to visit us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, to share with us what you liked about this episode. Until next week, keep it simple.